This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, people? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. It is Monday. We're wrapping up this Labor Day weekend. September the 6th. Football is just a few days away. And I'm joined by a special guest today on the podcast from DLF. It's returning to the Fantasy Football Smackdown. TikTok superstar Addison Hayes. What up, Addison? <laughs> I don't know about TikTok superstar, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Kyle. I mean, this is so much fun. Every single time that I come on here and uh, this is just, um, you know, a, a, a redo, I guess, from last year of our predictions kind of show. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see. Hopefully I do a little bit better this time. But uh, yeah, dude, I'm so excited for this and, and I'm excited to uh, to talk some football for 2021 season starts Thursday. I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm in the zone. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm super excited. My Cowboys are kicking it off against the Bucks. Zach Martin already ruled out, so that stings already. This is going to be difficult uh, as it is to face off against the defending champs, but I'm hoping the Cowboys can pull it off. So uh, we'll see. Excited to have football back. Uh, as Addison alluded to, we're doing a prediction show here today. We did this last year as well. This is something I used to do even before doing the podcast. Like I always like putting the things on paper, just going back and looking at how ridiculously wrong everybody was <laughs> about all these. So we're going to roll through uh, – all our division picks, our wild card selections, our Super Bowl predictions here in early September. And then when I got like about a dozen other just random category questions we're going to talk through here. So looking forward to this one. Um, before we get too far along, Addison, why don't you just tell people what's what you've been working on this offseason, what your plans are for in-season? Because uh, every time I look, man, it seems like you're putting out new video content. <laughs> That's it. That's 100% it. It's the um, growth of the DLF YouTube channel. Uh, we've made a very con- specifically myself has made a very concerted effort to push the YouTube channel, get more into video content. And that uh, personally for me has opened up just a whole other direction of where my content can go and how I can actually create it. Because I I had been struggling in the past with written content and stuff. Uh, just be- I, I, it's writing, right? That's why I went into math in college. So I didn't have to write. Yeah. Um, so there's all that. So and, and video content is it's a different animal, but it's really, really fun. Um, and once you get the hang of it and you kind of understand, you know, how to do it and, and create your own, you know, videos and kind of hone in and mold your own craft, it's it's so much fun and it's super addicting. So that has been my entire off season basically has been uh, growing the DLF YouTube channel. So if you're not subscribed, please go subscribe because we 
pump out videos every single day. And it's not just me. It's a lot of the DLF team overall. We dropped the DLF podcast. Uh, Scott Connor and Shane Manila do a show as well. Uh, the trade show, me and Dynasty Outhouse, Rush Fisher, you know, Ask DLF. That's the weekly live stream AMA with uh, with Calvin and Hobbs and uh, Tyler Carp. So there's a lot of stuff. And we have, you know, obviously content planned for in-season too. So uh, it's it's going to be a really fun in-season right back into next next off season so it's been it's been really fun that's awesome man yeah you guys have been killing it i've been uh checking stuff out here and there every time i go on there it seems like you guys you got more and more views so you guys have definitely been doing a great job so i can't recommend uh that enough so make sure you're giving addison a follow at amaze hayes underscore on twitter and check out all that dlf content here on the war zone man this we're we're kicking off this is going to be a busy uh season for us in 2021 so if you're not already subscribed on youtube make sure you do that if you're listening to this on the podcast Go check out the Dynasty Warzone YouTube. Subscribe to that because we're going to have some YouTube-only content there. Uh, Memphis will be dropping a lot of uh, you know wager-related uh, things. So if you're into that, uh, that's going to be you know instant. So that, that way it helps you out. You're not listening to stuff that's a little bit stale. Um, we're going to bring you a ton of content pretty much every day over at the Dynasty Warzone Network. But I'll be dropping uh, my waiver wire sniping in video form this year, not in articles. So that'll drop Saturday mornings. Uh, so you can grab those players just in advance of the weekly action and hopefully steal some guys before they uh, end up in everyone's waiver column uh, the next week. So looking forward to doing that, but uh, enough of all that. Let's just dive right into this, man. We got, uh, we're going to roll through all of our predictions here for divisions and wild cards from each conference. And we'll give our Super Bowl picks. And then we have just some random categories that literally I was just trying to find what kind of stats I could find on the internet. And uh, that way I could figure out who the winner is here. So we'll definitely revisit these uh, I'm sure, but let's start with the AFC, man. So We'll just roll through. Give me your four division winners and your three wild card teams from the AFC, man. Who you got, Addison? All right. So, do I, do you want me to just to give you one through six, or do I have to do I have to rank one through six? Nope. Just uh, <laughs> you can just roll through all divisions and then give whatever wild card teams also made the wild cards for you. Okay. Cool. I guess it's one through seven now, huh? Yeah, I know, right? It, th- it still throws me <laughs> off that they threw that extra team in there, but it worked out last year pretty well. Uh, so I guess we, we won't uh, <laughs> we won't be too mad about more football, right? Right, exactly. So, um, easy one, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that's easy. Uh, Buffalo Bills, I feel like, was the other easy one as well. Uh, the AFC South, I do feel is kind of easy. I think that division's a little weak overall. I, that's the Tennessee Titans for me. Um, even with the loss of Arthur Smith and stuff, I still think that team is very good, especially in that division. Um, and then the AFC North is the hardest one for me. Even as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, it's really difficult because – I don't think we repeat. We have a really tough schedule this year. Um, obviously, Vegas doesn't like us to repeat either. So my choices were Baltimore or Cleveland. I went with Cleveland. Um, I think Pat McAfee also did as well. He has Cleveland in his division winners, seven parlay, seven leg parlay <laughs> or something like that. Um, and the difference to me was they seem like a team that um, has more overall balance And offensively, defensively, I think they can beat Baltimore um, both on the road and at home as well for any tiebreakers. And their schedule is a little bit easier because they came in third place last year in the division. So their schedule is just a little bit easier, you know, because the Steelers are playing the Green Bay Packers and then the Browns are playing whoever was third in the NFC North last year. So this just a little bit of tiny differences there. So I went with the Cleveland Browns um, as my AFC North team. The three... Wild card teams. Um, I did then have the Baltimore Ravens as 
um, probably the easiest one. It was if you ever if you pick the Ravens, I think the Browns are the next easiest wild card team. Mm-hmm. Um, then the one after that was the Miami Dolphins. I feel like they're pr- a pretty solid second place team in the AFC East. I think that they still beat out the New England Patriots and they just missed the playoffs last year. Um, and then the seventh one after that, I'm going to give it to the LA Chargers. Oh, I think all right. Their defense stays healthy. I think that their offense, obviously, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. Um, I think that they do just enough that they can, you know, get there and squeak in as the number seven team in uh, in the AFC. All right. I, I like the Chargers call. I've been looking forward to, you know, seeing these videos they've been putting up about Derwin James. This is a guy that that that's a player that, you know, it's definitely one of those guys. Like it feels like I don't know if you remember because you're a little younger than than me, but uh, Bob Sanders on the on the Colts. He was a safety that was like such a freak, man. He was so good, but he was injured all the time. Like he never played. <laughs> yeah. So when he was healthy, man, that's why I kind of feel like with Derwin, like we haven't really got to see him because he just it seems like he's always getting hurt. But uh, I I uh, I think that that team's going to be a surprise for a lot of people. I don't have them in, but I like that call as that seventh team. So you and I are on the same page for a lot of these. I think uh, you know a few of them are super simple. You know the West and the East. I, I'm with you. It's Kansas City, Buffalo. That one's pretty simple. The right. South. I I love the Titans as well. I think uh, Indy is going to be interesting. They got their you know they had a good season last year with Phil. They need Wentz to stay healthy. Um, but uh, I'm just a little bit nervous. I'm getting off to a slow start because Wentz hasn't even had a a snap yet you know um right. and i know you know the tennessee titans haven't been 100 healthy waiting on julio but uh he's a vet you know he's he, i think he'll get it done um so i want the titans in the south the north yeah i took kind of the easy route here i i gave it to your steelers as the division oh. winner um i i think, I think tomlin you. is just such a good freaking coach like i just have a tough time going against teams that have head coaches that are so good i know harbaugh is good too but i just think that 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 steelers defense is still gonna be solid the offensive line i know is um, a little bit of a concern with so many new starters this year, but I just feel like they'll be able to get it done and, and win that division. But I put Baltimore and Cleveland as my wild card teams, <laughs> so all right, all right. Uh, I got all three. I got three guys from the North. I mean, they all they get they're all starting two and zero pretty much. I, I don't know that Cincinnati beats any of them, um, so there you go. Um, we'll see how much they eat into each other there, but I think they can all make yeah. it. And then my last my last wild card team uh, was Miami Dolphins. So I, you and I are on the same page there as well. We think two teams. From the east are getting in. Buffalo is going to take that division in Miami. Uh, I, I think that's a team that again they've they've kind of done it the right way. They've really built that team out really well on the defensive side of the ball. That's obviously uh, you know they got a head coach that that knows what he's doing on on the defensive side. The offense then they've loaded up. They've given to it some serious weaponry, and I love yeah. that. You know I love watching teams that surround their young quarterbacks with some big time weapons. I'm looking forward to see what Waddle and, and even Will Fuller. I know he's, he's not paired with Deshaun anymore, but that's still big for Tua to have those guys be brought in. So um, I think Miami can, can sneak in this year. So, uh, so you have the chargers in, I have the Steelers in uh, as a division winner. So I think that's our two differences right there, but uh, that's good stuff, man. So we'll, we'll see how close we get uh, on those calls. uh, Cause we're going, uh, we're going the same direction. (laughs) So let's uh, let's move over to the NFC. Why don't you give me the division winners and your wild cards there? All righty. Uh, NFC over here. I'm going to give it to the Green Bay Packers again. I think they just kind of run it back with Aaron Rodgers. You know, and obviously he has all of the uh, the motivation in the world as his final year with him and Devonte Adams and Aaron mm-hmm. Jones, you know, because he's gone. He's gone for sure. So run it back one more time. Um, Green Bay Packers. And then in the NFC South, um, uh, run it back again, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Uh, I didn't think that was all too difficult there either. NFC East, I'm going to repay the favor that you paid with me. I'm giving it to your Dallas Cowboys. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And uh, hopefully, I, I think it's just, it's the offense. Uh, I'm not confident in your defense, but I think that offense, you know, you're going to win a lot of shootout games, in my opinion, or at least enough to be the division winner in that division. And kind of like how the AFC South is, it's not super strong all the way around. So I've, you know, the, the winner of that doesn't need to be 13 and three or 12 and four or something like that. Um, And then finally the NFC West, this one was the hardest. And I feel like this was the hardest for us last year as well. Yeah. Um, And I was very tempted to go with the Niners kind of for the same reason as I picked the Cleveland Browns, because they weren't that good last year. So their schedule is a lot easier but I feel like their team overall, they got healthy. They got better with getting Trey Lance. Uh, but I didn't go with them, and I did not go with the Seattle Seahawks. I went with the L.A. Rams. Oh, all right. With, uh, with Matthew Stafford there. I, I think McVay with Stafford and not, you know, kind of like training wheeling a quarterback around can kind of unlock that offense, even with the loss of Cam Akers. I still, that defense is obviously great. Matthew Stafford is great if he can stay healthy. And then he has all the receivers and the weapons that he can throw to there um, that he really hasn't had in Detroit in a long time. So I like the LA Rams there to win the NFC West. And then obviously I have the Seattle Seahawks um, as my other uh, or my first wild card team. And then I have, uh, I doubled up again here. Well, I guess you doubled up, but I doubled <laughs> up here with the San Francisco 49ers gotcha. as the other one, because I was tempted to put them as a winner, but I think they make the wild card. Um, and then my, Final NFC uh, wildcard team. This one was hard because I feel like there's a lot of teams that could really vie for this number seven spot. Not so much like the AFC, but there's a lot in here like the Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, you know, do the the, the Washington football team. They sneak in there with that really good defense. It's just kind of what the offense is. Um, this was really, really tough for me, but I did decide to go with the Chicago Bears in the hope that Justin Fields starts sooner rather than later. <laughs> and he kind of helps carry the uh, the Chicago Bears offense while that defense is still great um, and holding a lot of offenses kind of back. And I think if Justin Fields plays 13 or more games, I think they can get to the uh, the number seven spot in the wild card. There you go. Yeah, I mean, the obviously living in the Chicago area, there's a lot of excitement about Justin Fields. We're going to see Dalton start yeah. week, week one, uh, just about six days from recording this. And, you know, this was a playoff team with Mr. Bisky <laughs> last yeah. year. So I feel like even even Dalton being out there should give this team uh, a little bit of a boost. But I think Fields being under center really could put this team over the top um, and, and push, give them a playoff push. So got a little got a few differences here uh, uh, between your picks and mine. I got Green Bay and Tampa. I think those ones are, are pretty secure. Um, those were the two most obvious ones for me uh, for the same reasons that you mentioned. For the East, I don't care if Dallas – doesn't even have any players. I will pick them every year. It doesn't matter. I'm not. It's completely biased as hell. Uh, I'm hoping your boy Micah Parsons shows up big time for our defense Woo! because we need him. Um, yeah. So just be marginally better, just just a little bit, and I think we should be okay uh, in that division. So I went with the da- the Dallas Cowboys in the East. I mean, come on. Uh, the West, yeah, I agree with you. This one was the toughest one. I went back and forth on this one a lot, but I went with Seattle. Uh, I just think that they'll be able to get it done there, but. Definitely took the easy way out. I put the Rams as my wild a wild card team. That's going to be one of the most interesting situations to watch for me in 2021. Seeing Sean McVay, everyone, you know, probably rightfully so, but everyone's crapped on Jared Goff for the last two years. And now the Rams did everything possible to 
right that situation, right? They got rid of Jared Goff. They ate a ton of money. No one thought it was possible. They somehow got it done. Matthew Stafford's in town. It's all set up. You know, I know losing K-Maker stinks, but I mean, this is going to be very, very interesting to see. So I'm looking forward to that Rams offense this year. I think they make the playoffs. There were a lot of teams that were in the mix, even for these last two spots for me. Um, I, I like San Fran. I hope they bounce back. I know that they dealt with a ton of injuries. It was in, it was crazy. Like every time you looked, it just seemed like somebody else was going down for them. Uh, so I, I do think if they again too. Yeah, I did, dude. It's it's so crazy. And and uh, the quarterback situation there. Uh, I do think that that uh, if Lance can get a shot early on, I would. I think he can. He's going to be really really fun to watch, especially for fantasy. But I left the Niners out. Um, my last two playoff spots. I actually gave it to New Orleans. Uh, Lasik Jameis. Wow. Let's go. Uh, I think that Saints defense is still really good, and that di- and that division is pr- is pretty poor too. Um, I don't have any faith in the Atlanta Falcons to improve very much, even with new head coach. And as much as I think Carolina is moving in the right direction, I just still think there's there are a lot of pieces away. Um, so I went with the Saints, and then I gave the last wild card spot. I just went with the team that I thought is the best the best defense that wasn't already in. So I gave that to Washington. Um, they don't even have a name, but they will get a playoff berth. Uh, this year that that defense is scary man I I think you know that's the one thing in that that NFC East that really frightens me as a Cowboys fan is just having to you know face that defense twice a year see what they're going to be doing week in and week out so many first rounders Chase Young is just a freaking monster I really still wish he wasn't there but he is and uh, so yeah I gave that to Washington so a few differences there Um, I think that the NFC I think is just gonna be a little bit more interesting because I think the AFC is kind of like you got your, you know, seven, eight teams, um, but in the NFC, I think those, the, even the last two playoff spots could be up for grabs um, between a handful of, of teams this year. And there's always a surprise team. It feels like the way this, uh, you know, this league is with all the parity and the way the schedule is is made up is is perfect for that. So, mm-hmm. lends itself to some surprise teams every year. So as as confident as we are in these picks, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch that are wrong. <laughs> but uh, let's let's move on. Who you got? Uh, who's your Super Bowl matchup? So the conference champs. And then who's your Super Bowl pick for 2021 here in early September? All right. So my Super Bowl matchup, I I have the Green Bay Packers going. Um, I Again, I think that Aaron Rodgers is motivated. I think that he's going to get it done over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and I have the Green Bay Packers. That might be a homer pick now that I live in Wisconsin, <laughs> but the Green Bay Packers um, coming out of the NFC. And the AFC, it's so easy to pick the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, it's it's ridiculous how easy it is to pick them. Uh, but even, you know, New England missed the Super Bowl, you know, every every so often, I guess it seemed, with, mm-hmm. with Tom Brady and stuff, And as I'm predicting for him not to make it this year. So I, I don't think last year was a fluke for Josh Allen. I think that he actually takes it one step further. And I think that they're going to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC. So I have the Green nice. Bay Packers versus the Buffalo Bills. And I have the Green Bay Packers winning the Super Bowl here. Um, like it's just it's all the motivation for yeah. Aaron Rodgers. He can kind of go out on top, maybe plant his flag as um, not only one of the greatest Packers players of all time, or maybe the greatest Packer player of all time, um, but then also, you know, solidify one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time as well too in this mm-hmm. offense. Um, and, uh, and then moves on and goes somewhere else next year. <laughs> yeah. that And that's, uh, I, and you and I are almost in lockstep again. I gave, I have the Packers coming out. I just think Rogers is, yeah, like you said, I, I, he's going to be out here again, trying to just, you know, 
tear people up and sh- prove, you know, how good a quarterback he really is. And that, you know, he's the, uh, he's the reason that team's, you know, is where they are currently. And I, I have green Bay coming out of the NFC. I have Kansas city. It's colored by numbers, numbers. Like you said, I just think, I mean, Mahal, it's hard to go against Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think that there are some really good teams in the AFC that could make them earn it for sure. But uh, I, I still went with Kansas City, but I, I went with Green Bay as well as Super Bowl champs. So they, there's go. no way in hell that they're going to win now. If, if Addison and I are both taking them, I mean, forget it. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, no, they're going to be a wild card team and like lose first yeah. round. That's gonna be yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so uh, we will. I mean, that story kind of writes itself. And I, I'm and I'm here for every moment of that 2022 offseason when it's like, oh, is Rodgers, is he really going to leave? Are they not going to figure this out? Like, you know, how are you not going to come back? But yeah, I, think I can I can already yeah. see the Adam Schefter tweet. You know, Aaron Rodgers is the first quarterback in NFL history to win a Super Bowl and then leave or and then be traded away. Yeah. You know, win a Super Bowl, win Super Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. and then the team trades him away. Stuff like that. I can I can yeah. already see that tweet being written out <laughs> in like March. You know. Yeah, agreed. And that's uh, and and they'll love it. ESPN will not shy away from that at all. It will just live and breathe it. Until that's figured out. So, and if the NFL is rigged, this is the perfect story. You know, just like how Brady wins the Super Bowl in his first year, you know, away from New England. Yeah. If the NFL is rigged, there's no better storyline that's going to sell tickets and and get um, views and stuff on TV than the Green Bay Packers winning it with Aaron Rodgers tearing the NFL in half. Yeah. um, In his final year with that, with after this offseason. So, yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Exactly. So, we'll see. This will be the true litmus test, I think. We already, I mean, last year was already just nuts as it was. Can can still not believe that Brady did that, and of course, was the first time that the 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 team hosting the Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, what what's the odds, you know? Right. Um. All right. So we got. So what is I? I'm trying to count these on on the fly. Fifteen random just categories. Some of this stuff is definitely relevant to you know for fantasy owners. Uh, some of these are just crazy. You know, just throw a dart and see what happens type categories. So, but uh, I was able to find. Uh, a few places to find these stats. So I was like, why not? We'll just throw this in here and have some fun with it. So you ready for this, man? I'm ready, dude. All right. So first Weird. one, nice, nice and easy. We'll, we'll just put it on the T. We'll take care of this. First one, QB leader and passing yards in 2021. We have the expanded season. So these numbers are going to be higher than anything we've ever seen. It's going to be crazy. You got some people out there saying people can throw for 6,000 yards now uh with the with the extra game but uh regardless of that we're just looking for the leader in passing yards in 2021 addison i'll let you uh lead it off here all right well i'm going with your boy i'm going with Dak prescott um again because i think that defense is not good um and he was already on pace last year for like seven thousand passing yards in his first five games and whatnot i mean i'm not saying that he does that but i think he can easily eclipse five thousand um and support two 1,200-yard receivers, maybe another 1,000-yard receiver, and then between Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, maybe they get a 1,000, and then like it's just, you know, there's going to be so many passing yards and so many fantasy points in this offense that I've been scooping up in best balls, and Dak Prescott, I think, is going to be absolutely insane um, with, with his passing ability, but just like last year, and I think that he can just do it all again this year and uh, lead the league in passing yards. Yeah, I, I don't want to ma- remain too lockstep with you, but that was my pick as well. As homer as it was, I just this defense is going to be bad. I mean, it, it might not be as bad as last year. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not banking on it. This is a team that's going to have to, you know, put up 35 plus points a game to feel safe. 
you know, so they're going to be chucking the ball all over the place. I was glad to see that, you know, uh, Dak had the, the injury scare early on, like really early on in training camp, but was taken off pitch count. He should be good to go. Would have loved to see him play, you know, even just a series um, and get out there. But uh, regardless, man, this is a team that's going to have to throw the ball a lot. Um, yeah. he, he might not come out uh, as hot against that Tampa Bay defense, but I think you're going to be looking at a ton of 300-yard games for Dak Prescott because this offense is going to be uh, just uh, having to play catch up a lot, you know, and and maintain uh, <laughs> to keep up with what that defense is going to give up. So I'm going with Prescott as uh, as my passing leaders too. So we'll, we're we're matched up already one for one here. Uh, let's move on. We'll stick with the quarterbacks. I had to, I had to exclude some names here. So I wanted to know the the quarterback that would have the most rushing touchdowns, but I took out Kyler, Lamar, and Josh Allen. So who is the quarterback that's kind of the most rushing touchdowns not named Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, uh, or Josh Allen? Yeah, this one was hard for me because um, I, if you would have asked me, what was it, last week, I probably would have said Cam Newton because he mm-hmm. led the uh, quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns last year, actually, mm-hmm. um, even with the threat of Mac Jones. Um, which, you know, now that I look back on it, that probably wouldn't still not have been a good call because Mac Jones is probably going to get the start in like week three um, if Cam Newton was still on the team. Uh, So this one was harder for me, and especially with obviously the three, (laughs) those three quarterbacks (laughs) off the board. Yep. Um, And I I was really tempted to do Dak Prescott in this as well because prior to last year, he was like six every single year, it seemed Mm -hmm. as well. And... Uh, so I, but I didn't want to double down with Dak and leading the league in passing yards and most rushing quarterback touchdowns, um, or I guess fourth in the NFL after those three. Um, so I actually, I'm doubling down on my faith in Justin Fields again, that he starts Mm -hmm. in early enough that he can play enough games to get to this. But again, if I'm thinking that he plays 13 or more games, and I'm hoping he plays 16 because I hope that they're just sacrificing Andy Dalton to the Rams defense and Aaron Donald. <laughs> and then he plays week two against the Bengals. Um, and so I hope that that's what is going on with the, the Chicago bears. And if that happens, I think Justin Fields has the ability to be fantastic and score rushing touchdowns. And we already kind of saw that rushing ability in the preseason that uh, went along with, you know, one of the biggest reasons why we liked him coming out of Ohio state as well. So, uh, I'm going with the rookie Justin Fields. I, I like that call a lot. I've uh, I wish I would have ended up with this parent. I was I've been telling people you know to take Fields a lot. A lot of people have, but like knowing too, like you can just pair him with an early streamer. So like my perfect yeah. quarterback combination uh, was to get Kirk Cousins and then pair him with Justin Fields. Cousins' schedule in the first three weeks is unbelievable. I only managed to do it in two leagues. I have Fields in like a handful. But I uh, was able to get cousins in a few of those. Uh, that it's uh, that Viking schedule uh, at Cincy at, at Arizona and in Seattle at home is just unbelievable. So um, I, I am hoping that you're right on Justin Fields' call because I really want this kid to be good. Just not only for my Chicago Bears friends, <laughs> that, uh, fan friends, because it's been a long time um, coming for these guys. But uh, I think this kid could be super exciting and great for fantasy. So. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully there's some early returns there. I like that call a lot. That's probably as much smarter, educated guess than what I'm going with, because I'm just going as much as I said that James will lead the saints to the, to the playoffs. I'm going to go with Taysom Hill because oh. Sean Payton's a maniac. Um, <laughs> so I think he'll just put him out there randomly and he'll probably get like six or seven. 
and uh, he'll be fourth in the league behind the names we excluded. So I kind wow. of uh, cheated and went that route because I'm not, wow. I wasn't very confident in uh, in Fields. Maybe I should have. Uh, maybe I didn't uh, put enough weight with there. But uh, I'm gonna go with Taysom Hill and see if I l- fall ass backwards into that one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I thought you were just gonna go with kind of more the uh, the chalk pick and like Jalen Hurts because he oh, was up no. there for me on my short list as well. Jalen Hurts sucks, bro. he's gonna have like four rushing touchdowns on your cowboys defense at least he will he will and dude hurts is definitely one of those players this season that i am dude i i don't know i just haven't had the balls to take him i guess because he's not going like incredibly early like he's he's usually around 10 or 12 quarterback off the board and i just feel his out and most of the time in leagues like you get if he you know craps the bed you can find a replacement pretty easily in one qb leagues um, but I feel like his upside and for fantasy is just crazy. And I, and looking back on, it, I was like, man, I wish I would have kind of taken my shot, maybe a few, a little bit more there rather than, you know, kind of just taking some of the guys that maybe don't even have as much upside. Like as much as I love like Matthew Stafford, as an example, like I think that hurts his, up, he has way more upside than Stafford just based yeah. purely off the rushing. And, uh, so I think I ended up with hurts in a couple leagues. They're both super flex. So it kind of really killed the, uh, <laughs> killed the, uh, the idea of like, oh, there's not a lot of risk here because in Superflex, it's going to be hard to find a, another quarterback if he fails. But mm-hmm. that's going to be one that a lot of fantasy owners are going to be keeping an eye on. And dynasty owners especially too because, man, some of the startup prices I saw on him, I'm sure you've seen it, was just oh, yeah. unbelievable. I'm like, dude, this seems scary. I don't know if I want to take that <laughs> jump, man. It seems seems nuts. But uh, I like your pick a lot better than mine here uh, with the quarterback with the most rushing TDs not named Kyler Lamar or Josh Allen. We got uh, we got two more with the quarterbacks here. We're gonna flip the script. This one's a little bit more negative, but quarterbacks uh, the quarterback with the most interceptions. Who you got? I think I picked him last year. I'm going back to it. Sam Darnold. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's good. I don't think it was Adam Gase. I think it was Sam Darnold. I, it was Sam Darnold compounded by Adam Gase, but I still think it was still Sam Darnold. I, mm-hmm. I don't think he's good at all. I don't think the Panthers fixed their problem at the quarterback position. Um, and uh, he's just a worse version of Teddy Bridgewater and not as safe with the ball than Teddy Bridgewater. So, um, and, and I do think that they're going to have to throw a lot, mm-hmm. obviously, because they, they're not a good team. And um, I mean, maybe, maybe he saves himself because he's going to throw the ball uh, three yards behind the line of scrimmage, 120 times to Christian McCaffrey. So then those opportunities, I guess, aren't really there for a lot of interceptions on the other you know, 400 passes that he's going to throw to all the other wide receivers. But I don't have any faith in Sam Darnold. I have him for most interceptions. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see if he rolls it back. We've seen him have high interception totals in the past. Uh, and I think we're going to know pretty damn quick whether Darnold can even uh, survive uh, this mm-hmm. season because he gets his. He was another guy that I like used as a streamer in some leagues. Like if, if quarterbacks were just flying off the board, I know Darnold was going super late. He has the Jets the first week, then the Saints, who do have a decent defense, but then at Houston, at Dallas, weeks three and four. I mean, so you got the Jets, the Texans, and the Cowboys through the first four weeks. If he's not producing coming out of September, then it's going to be a long, long season. Long long season for the the Panthers. So I went uh, quarterback with the most interceptions. I went with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think that he is just a guy that's going to throw the ball a ton. I think he's going to be among the the league leaders in pass attempts just because that team is also very bad. Um, so I, I think he'll have a, you know, a successful rookie season 
as far as you know some of the other numbers yardage and touchdowns but we've seen it before like these guys come in and they just throw a lot of picks out of the gate and just adapt into the nfl game i think that'll be the same case here with uh, trevor lawrence so he's somebody that obviously dynasty owners are really counting on this guy was the 101 in Superflex. uh they've been talking about this kid for years and we finally get to see him he's on jacksonville um, but I think it's it's just going to be the fact he's going to have to throw so much uh, that he's just going to kind of fall into the league leaders interception. So I'll put him at the top and uh, and we'll roll with that. So do you know who's younger? Is it is it Lawrence or Sam Darnold? I, I thought Sam Darnold's like 21 for the last six years. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think Darnold is older, but it's not by much. We finally found somebody that was younger than Sam Darnold. My God, people have been talking about that dude's age forever. It's so funny. Yeah. All right, this one was completely freaking random. I found this stat on Pro How Football Reference. Oh. <laughs> Pro Football Reference has they have like an advanced stats section. Is it by team though? Because that's what I found. You what? Is it by team? I found uh, it by team. No, I I found it by player. So oh. last year, Kyler Murray led the league in this category, which was the quarterback with the most spikes, um, <laughs> which is just so stupid. Uh, and there, I. I couldn't really tell if there's any rhyme or reason to this uh, as far as how many they like total up. Cause with Kyler, I was like, Oh, you know, he was a team that was in some games, but playing from behind a lot. And, you know, so maybe that's it. Um, but then I kind of looked at some other teams I thought were similar to that. And those quarterbacks did not have the same, you know, even close. They have like one. So, yeah. um, so this seems a little bit random, but uh, what the hell we'll just throw it in here. So um, I'll let you go first who quarterback with the most spikes. Why not? <laughs> um, I'm going to go, yeah, because I was kind of thinking, I was like, if I had to predict who's going to be in a lot of close games and playing from behind a little bit, you know, at the fourth quarter, or maybe in the second half or the end of the first half in the second quarter, I was I was completely throwing it out there. And I did find it by teams. And so Kyler Murray, that does fit with mine, too. So mm-hmm. that's good there. Um, but I'm going with uh, Justin Herbert. Um, okay. I think. Um, well, first of all, on based on my research, Justin <laughs> Herbert and the LA Chargers were like top eight last year. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, but I do think that they're going to be playing in a lot of close games. They already do. Like it was like that stat where you saw last year. It was if every uh, one score game was flipped, mm. how would teams actually be? Uh, and the Seattle Seahawks, like their record went from thirteen and three to three and thirteen, and the Chargers were the exact opposite. They went from three and thirteen to like thirteen and three. Mm-hmm. Like that's how many close games that they played and how much they lost in, you know, just three to seven points and stuff like that. And so I do think that the chargers um, are going to be in a lot of shootout games. They're probably going to be playing from behind a little bit, even though I still have faith in that defense. I do think that they get a lot of it done, obviously, because I had them on my, as my number seven team in the playoffs. Um, but I'll just, I guess that's my rationale for picking Justin Herbert uh, and predicting quarterback with the most spikes. <laughs> hey, I I, uh, I appreciate you bringing that hard hitting analysis. This, this is yep. a team that like for years, and it, I don't know if it was always because like we always got force fed having to watch the Chargers in the late afternoon games, you know, being on the West Coast. But like it just seemed like for the last dozen years, every game when Philip Rivers was there was like came down the last possession all the time, and he was always like trying to chase to get back in it, and then. Last year, like you said, so many one-score games still, even with uh, with Herbert there. It's going to be interesting. But, uh, yeah, this is random as hell. Uh, we'll see how this plays out. Um, I went with Daniel Jones because I'm hoping oh. that uh, the NFL stats people will count some of his just horrific uh, completion attempts as as spikes. 
I was going to say, I was like, they're going to be losing a lot of games, but they're going to be losing them by like 35 in the fourth quarter. So I don't know about those spikes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I definitely went, I had to go with it. My only criteria was like a quarterback that's not going to be ahead probably like ever. So I went with Daniel Jones um, and we'll just see how that. That was the, the basis of my analysis. So there you go, man. Uh, I appreciate you playing along with that one. We'll, we'll, we're going to kick it over to the running back position. This one might be a little bit more helpful for people. Um, I nailed this one last year, by the way. I had uh, I had the the win in this category. We'll see if I can get it again. Running back uh, who will lead the uh, position in total touchdowns. So uh, last year, I, I guessed Kamara. I lucked out because he had all those receiving touchdowns. So uh, I, I still wear that gold star. Um, day helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. So that one pulled me ahead. But uh, so who you had? Who's your running back that will lead the the position in total touchdowns this year? Give me the chalk. I'll go Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, then uh, why not? <laughs> yeah, he's he's their he's their offense. He's their engine. His yeah. total touchdowns, right? So yep, yep. you know if he gets eight each, that's sixteen. I feel like I'm pretty confident. Uh, when you get up into the high teens and stuff like that, that somebody's going to do it. And I feel like Christian McCaffrey has a fantastic shot of doing that. I like the call. Um, obviously, uh, the 1.01 in fantasy redrafts this year for sure. Hoping to look for a bounce back year from him. I went with Aaron Jones. Uh, I just he's a guy that his we've seen big touchdown numbers out of him. Uh, I think that Rodgers, while he'll have a great year, I think his passing touchdowns will come down as far as like efficiency just a bit, and it'll give Aaron Jones a few more looks. Uh, Jones had, I believe, 16 rushing touchdowns two years ago in 2019, and then last year Rodgers was just ridiculous as far as how many touchdowns he threw. I believe he had 48, and compared to his pass attempts, I just think that'll come down just slight, uh, just a bit. Um, and Jones is somebody, too, that whenever you think total touchdowns, you got to have at least at least two or three receiving touchdowns, and Jones is involved in the in the receiving game. Um, I'm hoping maybe even a little bit more than uh, years past. So we'll see how much Dylan eats in uh, to Jones's yeah. uh, rushing production, but I still think this guy's an absolute monster, um, and there's no reason they shouldn't continue just to feed him pretty heavily. So I went with Aaron Jones just to just to not take Derrick Henry or or Cook or McCaffrey. I was like, yeah, we'll just see. Oh, Let's throw yeah. one out there. But I like your call <laughs> as well. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Speaking speaking of CMC. This was a category throughout last year, and we unfortunately were robbed of the opportunity to see this one play all the way out. Um, so the category is it's an either or. So uh, are you taking Christian McCaffrey's reception total or Derek Henry's reception total times four? So Derek Henry, it's a four times multiplier on his receptions versus Christian McCaffrey. And believe it or not, this has been fairly close in the past. because I think even this last year, Henry had a career high in receptions and he had 19. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, times four multiplier, though, for Derrick Henry. Which way are you leaning, bro? Uh, I think I did it last year, too. I'll do it again. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey because, like you said, like 19, 20. If, if Derrick Henry has a career high 20 receiving or 20 receptions, you know, multiply that by four, it's 80. I don't think that's a, <laughs> a super high number for Christian McCaffrey to uh, eclipse, uh, yeah. especially in 17 games. I don't know if Henry's going to play 17. I don't know if McCaffrey's going to play 17, um, but you know that's it's a possibility that you know McCaffrey has like 100. <laughs> <So>. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And I'm I'm going with you as well. I'm going with the CMC receptions. Uh, as much as crazy as think about, like okay, everyone counts as four. Uh, the dude just doesn't catch passes, which is so crazy because I it always seems like every year he's good for like two or three of these like little dump ups in the flat, and then he just like does what he does on every other rushing play just do takes that. it to the house. Like you're telling me you can't get this guy 
25 receptions ever like <laughs> i don't Dude. and they don't use anybody else so it's just kind of weird you know it's so frustrating because i see them like they'll line up in shotgun and i remember this one play like so vividly from last year they were like in the red zone but like at the 18 or 19 mm-hmm. and they lined up in shotgun derrick henry on the right of Tannehill, and um when they snapped the ball all henry did was just kind of like run five to seven yards like horizontally and Tannehill just kind of threw it over to him and he was able to catch the ball and with open space, just like shoot, you know, cause and uh, like, he's, he's so fast. He's so big. And with a full head of steam with that much open space against cornerbacks that are like at best 190 pounds. Yeah. Like there's, I don't know why they don't do that more. Like mm-hmm. it's so frustrating. I think he got 15 or 16 yards on that. They were on like the three or four yard line. And then they just handed him the ball again on like a, on like a counter play or something on the next play and he scored. And I'm like, why don't you, he needs to get like two or three of those, like a game. Yeah. Like it's just another rush attempt basically for him. Mm-hmm. But like you're actively getting him outside the hashes mm-hmm. against cornerbacks. Yeah. So like why, you know, and he's, he's good enough to where he can, you know, get around linebackers if they're pulling linebackers and coverage for him, if he is running a route. So I don't know mm-hmm. why they just don't do that two or three times a game. Yeah. I don't, I don't either. Cause it seems like he, I, it's not like uh, some of these guys where they tr- they try to get him involved in the passing game and they just constantly like drop. So like you know just can't uh, can't figure it out. It's just not part of their game. And it's not that way with Henry. I feel like anytime they give him the opportunity, he's solid with it. And like you said, that that uh, full head of steam. You know that's what they want to get him. A lot of times on rushes, that's exactly what you're doing by getting him outside. Why not? Let's see it. So yeah. Um, well, we're going to stick with Derrick Henry. This one was a, a kind of a crazy-ass one as well, so I, hopefully you're following me with this one. All right, here's what we're doing. We're going to do some math, which is good because you said you went to school for math, so ho- hopefully this didn't, didn't confuse you. We're going to do Derrick – this is an either-or. So we're going to do Derrick Henry rush attempts plus his receiving yards. So that's one. Derrick Henry's rush attempts plus receiving yards or the rushing yards for the leading running back on the Texans. So it can be any Texans running back, whatever their rush yards is, or do you think they're going to have more yards than Derrick Henry will have attempts plus receiving yards? Uh, Because again, we saw Derrick Henry on 19 receptions. That's not a lot of receiving yards, but the dude gets like 370 attempts. So uh, who you got in this category? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was trying to math this one out. I was like, because I felt like comfortable giving Derrick Henry 350 Mm -hmm. rush attempt. Then I was like, where's he at in receiving yards? He's been... He had 200 uh, two years ago, 114 last year. So I was like, all right, we'll give him 150. Um, and uh, so that 350 and 150 would put him at 500, which I feel like is a really solid over under for <laughs> any of those Houston Texans running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am going to go with one of the running backs um, for the Houston Texans. Um, and uh, I, I, it's my hope that Philip Lindsay takes kind of the role because i think he is the best one there mm-hmm. um and they don't do like a full-on three-headed committee and one of them ends up being a little bit better or maybe a little bit more efficient um and if they get you know i don't know 120 rush attempts or something like that something like that you know it's just if philip Lindsay gets 120 i think he can get to 500 personally mm-hmm. um so i'll go with that and then that's also the the injury um thing here too i could get like a free point if derrick henry misses uh, significant time or something like that because i feel like at that point you know whoever even if the leading rushing uh for the texans is 300 if derrick henry misses 
five or six games. I, I feel pretty confident in that. So gotcha. All right. I like your logic. That's good. I'm on, I'm with you too. I hope it's Philip Lindsay fingers crossed. I thought that Mark uh, Ingram would be collecting unemployment checks uh, by this time of year. And unfortunately he is not um, And hell. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's get Ingram back to Baltimore. Let's roll it back. Nope. That didn't work either. He's still there. They got a lot of running backs in Houston and I'm hoping that it's Philip Lindsay. I think he would be the most exciting for fantasy owners. Um, and that's coming from the guy that is still rostering the corpse of David Johnson on a few dynasty teams, just looking at that wanting to vomit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I went, I, I went with Derek Henry on this one. Why not? Let's, let's just see what happens. Uh, could the dude get 400 rush attempts? So he plays every game, maybe because they, they were giving him the ball so much last season. Um, and we'll, I, I think this is more just a negative against the Texans than anything else. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's put, uh, Derek Henry at 500. Uh, with attempts plus rush yards, and and let's uh, and I will just say that the Texans won't be able to find a running back to match that. So that's kind of crazy, but I'll go that route. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. All right, uh, a few more running back ones here. Uh, running back with the longest rush. Uh, I believe this was I, was this Derek? Oh no, it was Ronald Jones last year. I think had the longest I rush. Ninety eight or um, nine. Yeah, and Der- and Derek Henry I think was second um, or definitely in the top five. So like. It's not always like the super fast guys you think about. Sometimes it's those, those guys just get rolling, uh, could break some tackles. But uh, who you got as your guest for the running back with the longest rush this season? I wanted to keep the Derrick Henry love going because, like <laughs> you said, he's. it seems like he has one like 90-plus yard touchdown yep. every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go with a speedster, but another guy who I think could have a pretty solid workload, assuming that he stays healthy for any portion of the season. I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert. Oh, nice. Um, okay. And I think that he's going to hold Trey Sermon back a little bit. I think he gets first uh, dibs. And as long as he doesn't get hurt, I think that backfield is his, especially with Trey Sermon also being hurt right now too. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been, they've been really saving Raheem Mostert all preseason. They haven't given him like any work because they know and they, they, how fragile he is. <laughs> um, and so they wanted to save him because he is their guy, in my opinion. And he has like four, three, five speed. So I think that if, if he just gets a couple opportunities, you know, on like his own five or 10 yard line, one of those could potentially be broken and he could get that. Hopefully. I, li- I like that call. That dude is fast. Um, and uh, he's going to be somebody that I think could, he's one of those guys that like in redraft leagues, Mike, dude, that's, that's potential league winner, like where people mm-hmm. are, are getting him right now. He's just going so late and I get it. Like sermon, you know, was drafted, you know, fairly high for running back. And, you know, he played for Ohio State, so he gets a lot of pub and all that. But, like, I, if I'm the 49ers, like, Mostert's been great when he's on the field. Why not? And uh, and they can just pretty much run him, you know, and not have any consequences, really, versus, you know, Sermon. They can kind of just get him involved this year a little bit here and there and, and see how it plays out. You never know. But the way where Mostert's going right now in fan for, or was going in August is just, is crazy. So, I like that call a lot. I went with another guy that uh, a little bit similar, just a guy that I think has good speed, but also we'll get a, a decent amount of work where uh, maybe he can bust off a long one. This one's random, but uh, I went with Miles Gaskin. Uh, I think he Ooh. is going to be the leader in that Dolphins backfield. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll see. I just think he, he showed last year that he can, he can handle it if they give them the opportunity. And uh, so I'll just, I'll hope that he gets, you know, 200 rush attempts and maybe maybe oh. he can be there who knows <laughs> oh uh, miles gaskin's my boy dude I'm there we go 200 attempts and like you know 50 60 receptions oh, yeah. i'm here for it yeah oh. dude I'm, I'm i'm hoping man i got him as my running back two in a few spots like 
I got, and he was going, I've seen him even going into like round five. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know why not. You know, I know that first preseason game was hilarious because well, he everyone like just round seven. And after freak, that, literally dude, right after that freaked game, out, right? Yeah. yeah. I got him in a, um, in a draft. Um, it was a, it was a startup that was so, cause it was early August. So it was like, I think it was the last startup I did this year. And I was, he's just sitting there and falling and falling and falling. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take him. Like, I don't know. Like what's the worst that could happen. And he was, the guys were going ahead of him. were just crazy. So, uh, all right, you and I, if what we'll be rooting for Miles Gaskin this year, uh, last running back one, I've threw this on here just because I love points for first down. I love it. Mm-hmm. It should be it like every league that I play in that I commission, I push for that to be a part of the scoring in some way. Even half point is great. It's just something about knowing that when they get that first, that's a big play in the NFL game. And that should be a big, that should be reflective in fantasy in my opinion. Um, so I love points for first down. So I was looking at the stats on that. Uh, it was almost hilarious like anytime you look at running back stats derrick henry is always just so much higher than everyone else it's ridiculous but um so uh we'll take a prediction here at the running back position who will be the top three running backs in rushing first downs in 2021 one of them might be easy so i I just went with the top three here so uh who you got addison yeah i feel like this is kind of a volume stat Mm -hmm. um it's kind of a bet on who's going to get the most opportunities rushing the ball in total rush attempts so Derrick Henry obviously is one of them. Um, I have Ezekiel Elliott as another one, and then Dalvin Cook because I nice. I feel like those three guys are pretty good bets for three hundred rush mm-hmm. attempts or more. So, yep. With that kind of volume, first down should come. I like that call a lot. Those guys are definitely at the top of the list. Um, I'm hoping uh, for fantasy owners out there that drafted Dalvin Cook or have Dalvin Cook that he continues to see that volume that we saw last year, and we should be seeing huge numbers from him. Uh, I went with Derrick Henry as well. I mean, that was the easy, that was the free space, took it. Um, I went with Zeke. Uh, again, this is a volume play. The dude never is hurt. Um, now, hopefully the offensive line will be full go um, for the whole season. That'll help him out a lot. I think he's in for a big year. Uh, and then I went Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I just think he's going to be a dude that sees a ton of volume as well. Um, I kind of think that Cook might come down just a little. Um, that's just my guess. I get uh, compared to what we've seen in the past from him. But uh, I, I think regardless, I think JT should be right there with him as far as uh, high volume and rushing first downs. He should be in the top five, I would guess. So I go with uh, Henry Zeke and Jonathan Taylor. Let's uh, let's shift to wide receivers. we got a few more here, and we're doing pretty good on time. So I appreciate you, uh, Addison. Let's move into – this one was fun last year. Uh, so I wanted to roll it back. The wide receiver wide receiver duo – with the most fantasy points. And I think this was even tougher for me this year because I feel like there are so many trios um, yeah. in the fantasy w- world this year. Like last year, it was kind of like, you know, one, maybe one or two. But then when you look at, you know, obviously Dallas, but now Pittsburgh seems like a trio. You got Cincinnati's a trio now. Um, it just, it's just crazy um, how many of these teams have, you know, more than two wide receivers that fantasy owners are going to be counting on. But we're talking duos. So, uh, the two wide receivers on the same team that will combine for the most fantasy points. Uh, what you got, man? I wanted to pick your Cowboys. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted to um, as well. I really did. <laughs> oh, so I'm wondering if you picked the same one as me. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to go with oh, Jefferson and Adam right. Thielen. Uh, Herb Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, that injury changed oh, it for me a lot. Yeah. Just Damn. because now, like, Ad- there's no way Adam Thielen doesn't in my opinion doesn't have double digit t- like touchdowns just like mm-hmm. he did last year 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and Irv Smith was a big reason why I didn't think he would, because I thought Irv was going to steal some of that red zone work away from Adam Thielen, even with how good Adam Thielen is inside the red zone, he just finds a way to get open. Mm -hmm. Um, so honestly, if you told me at the end of the year that Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen were both wide receiver ones with Jefferson, maybe borderline top five or inside the top five and Adam Thielen as wide receiver 10, 11, 12, um, because of a lot of those touchdowns. I would definitely believe you. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, with those two. And the second place team for me um, was your Dallas Cowboys with CeeDee Lamb and Amari because I feel like that's the other team that I feel pretty confident in that there's going to be two wide receiver ones. Like if any teams mm-hmm. were to do it, I would feel like it's Minnesota and Dallas. But I'm curious to know who your team is if it's neither one of those two. Yeah, man. I And the Irv Smith thing, dude, that, cr- that hurt so bad. Like when he went down, I looked – because he was a guy I was really high on this year, and it, I was surprised. Like I figured he'd be a top twelve and like in ADP, and for redraft he wasn't. Like he was there around fifteen. I was like perfect, and I think I had him on like four teams, and they were all tight end premium. And I'm like, this just freaking sucks. And I've been dogging Adam Thielen for years, just waiting for it to come true, and then he continues to perform. So at this point, I'm just riding that train for fun. But I don't have any Adam Thielen, and I think he is in for a big year. I think that's a great call with Minnesota. I think both those guys could perform. Um. Seattle was another team that was a contention for me. I was trying to figure out like a team that just didn't have a third option really. And they were the leaders last year, despite getting, you know, finishing the season poorly. Um, but I actually went and, and Tennessee was close too because I love AJ Brown this year, but I went with the Rams, uh, Robert Woods, Cooper cup. Uh, I think those guys with Stafford, uh, that was the route I went. I, I really, th- I really love the Cowboys situation um this year but i just think that Gall- i like Gallup enough that i think he can eat uh, into that a little bit and in la with the rams i just don't see anybody else um there so so we will see this one is a lot of fun to to see how it shakes out at the end i really like your call now that was a good one i honestly <laughs> wasn't uh i didn't uh, think about but that one should definitely be in consideration so i'll go with the rams with woods and cup and uh and you got the vikings but those are both great so we'll see how this one shakes out all right. Uh, obviously, you're a big dynasty guy, so I want to get some ro- a rookie question in here, uh, and we'll just go to we're sticking with the wide receivers. So, uh, just for 2021, which uh, wide re- rookie wide receiver will lead the position in fantasy points? So, I had a question for you. Yes. <laughs> can I choose Kyle Pitts? <laughs> uh, you, you can if you want. We'll allow it. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> I want I want Kyle Pitts, um, right. and. Uh, because I, I legitimately, I've said ever since the Julio Jones trade that I legitimately feel like Kyle Pitts could be the best rookie pass catcher from this class, lead the rookies in targets, receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns, mm-hmm. fantasy points, all of it. I feel like he has a fantastic opportunity to do that. Um, and then I feel like that only was propelled by his 127 yard reception in the preseason and the um i guess struggles of jamar chase in mm-hmm. throughout the preseason and stuff even though i think that that's just a lot of rust being shaken off because he hasn't played football in two years at a like at a legit competitive level um so yeah i if if we're okay if you're okay with it i want to choose kyle pitts if not if if not uh my backup was elijah moore Okay. Oh, um, there you go. Now you yeah, you picked the Cowboys to win the division. You're you're propping up with Elijah Moore here. You're you're on my good side here, bro, cuz I love <laughs> Elijah Moore this year. I didn't choose him for this because I uh but I I love it. 
I love the call. I'll, I'll Pitts will be your uh, pick of record, but I, I like the call on more. What's what was just? Uh, I'll give you a second just to talk about him a bit. About Pitts? About more? Oh, more? Um, yeah, yeah. A lot. I mean, it's just when you have the blend of talent and opportunity that Elijah Moore has. Um, like he was one of the my favorite personal rookie wide receivers, even though I didn't really have him as in a top five. I think he was my wide receiver six in rookie rankings. Um, but that was more so because I wasn't sure he was going to get the draft capital. Mm. You know, like I was obviously Devonta Smith, um, Jalen Waddle, Rashad Bateman to me, I thought was going to get first round draft capital as well. Like all those guys, I was much more confident in the draft capital. Um, Rondell Moore too. Um, but Elijah Moore was so freaking good in college behind and with, you know, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. And then he went to the New York jets, paired him with Zach Wilson. And the upside that Zach Wilson brings to the table is, is so tremendous. And I think that Elijah Moore has the ability to climb that depth chart so easily, especially with Jamison Crowder. He has COVID, right? I think he's, he's been out. Uh, I think yeah. COVID. Yep. Yep. But with Jamison Crowder, you know, not really being there. I know Elijah Moore hasn't really been there either to really solidify that, but I think it's going to be him and Corey Davis. Denzel Mims is gone. Um, he's like Nikhil oh, Harry wow. 2.0. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> and just Jameson Crowder and Keelan Cole is mm -hmm. this is his Ola BC Johnson, right? Like that's like, it's, it's so <laughs> clear that he's going to pass him on the depth chart by like week three. Yeah. And then it's going to be the Elijah Moore show. And I, like he really could be this year's Justin Jefferson because analytically he was really, really good. Just like Justin Jefferson was, and was kind of just overshadowed by more elite prospects at the position. Like Justin Jefferson was last year with Judy and CD lamb and the, uh, whatever the Henry rugs was, which I think is Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Um, but Elijah Moore, it's, it's just so clear to me that the path is there to be really, really good in year one, if not, you know, potentially like elite, like I don't think he's Justin Jefferson elite, like 1400 mm. yards elite, but CD lamb and T Higgins elite for yeah. a rookie wide receiver season. Uh, I think that's definitely well within the cards. He's been like an auto 10th, 11th round pick for me in best balls and redraft and stuff. And I think his ADP's climbed a little bit since then, but yeah, gotcha. I just, I, I mean, do you have anything else to say? More Dude, I, no, I think you nailed it. I, I, I didn't choose him here as my uh, rookie leader just because I think he might get off just a little bit slower start to the guy that I selected here. Um, I, I wish I had more of him in redraft to be like, I think even right, right out of the gate, you know, he could be, uh, you know, he could be the best rookie wide receiver. I just think the situation for him is, uh, is a lot nicer than maybe we thought it was early on. Cause I was getting him in like, like you said, around even nine, 10. And then he started creeping up. Like I would have to take him in round like eight now, if I wanted him in some of my most recent drafts, uh, just in the last week, I'm like, damn, okay. People are in on this kid. And I just want, you know, I want him on my squad. So luckily he was like a second rounder in a lot of the rookie drafts I was in. I kept moving. Like if he was sitting there, I moved up to get him. Like I was like, I want this guy on my team. And it made it a little easier for me, I guess, because I wasn't really trying to get Devonta Smith um, uh, or Bateman. So like most of those guys would go and and more would be sitting there and I just love them. So, um, and you like Elijah Moore so much, you booted Corey Davis's jersey out of your uh, rotation back there. So <laughs> that's just true commitment. If that, if that doesn't speak yeah. for itself. <laughs> yeah 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 it was, uh, yeah it was more so because it was the titans Corey yeah Davis. i wish i had you know if it was a jets one he might still be up there for sure there you go 
All uh, right. But, yeah. <laughs> All good. Uh, we're, we're big Corey Davis fans here. Don't worry, people. Uh, he 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 uh, he grew up like half an hour from me. So yeah, he's a local boy, and uh, looking forward to both him and Elijah Moore putting up big numbers for the Jets. Uh, I'll make my pick quick here, though. I went with Jalen Waddle. I just think he, right out of the gate, he can perform. Uh, I think he's going to be the wide receiver one there for the Miami Dolphins. I love Chase. I love Elijah Moore. Uh, but I think that Waddle is going to perform at a high level you know, from the beginning. Um, so I'm looking forward to to him. He's a guy that was going pretty late uh, in in uh, even redraft leagues, You know, two or three rounds after Devonta Smith. And I was scooping him up there a lot. So I'm really hoping this pays off because I also have a lot of him on my rosters. So nice. I went with, uh, with Waddle. Uh, well, we got a few more wide receiver ones. We got two more, um, league leader in receiving yards. We're just going to kick it uh, pretty basic here. So among the receivers, uh, who do you think is going to lead, uh, the position of receiving yards? Yep. I got Calvin Ridley for this one. Um, and, uh, I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah. Like 1500 yards. I feel like is not out of the range of possibilities here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what he had last year, but it was definitely up there with around there. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, I mean, his splits with him without Julio Jones, he averages over hundred yards receiving per game without Julio Jones over the past two years <laughs> and like half and like eight or nine games of a sample size. I don't yeah. think he's going to average hundred yards per game. Although I guess if he's scoring or if he's up there in the 15, 16 hundred range, he's going to be pretty darn close. Yeah. Um, but he, he just finds a way to get open. The Falcons are still going to throw. I don't care that Arthur Smith is there and he's coming from the Tennessee Titans. He doesn't have a Derrick Henry on this offense. You know, Matt Ryan obviously loves him. Uh, Ridley's just so freaking good, you know, and it's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get Calvin Ridley in uh, mm-hmm. receiving yards. Yeah, I'm with you. That was my pick as well. I think Ridley has a monster year. I wish I had him on my teams. I just didn't have those those late first round picks very often for whatever reason in a lot of my redraft leagues. So I didn't didn't have him. Um, but I think he's going to be a monster. So that's a guy that uh, I think ta- I think he was eight, like consensus ADP, like wide receiver five. I could see him outperforming that. And like, it's hard to say sometimes about those guys that are so high in ADP, but I just think he is just going to have a monster season. I know Adams and Hill are kind of like in a tier of their own, but I, I think he could be right there with those guys uh, in 2021. I think he's in for a monster year. So on the same page there. Um, all right. Last wide receiver one here. This one is a, a little bit different, um, but the wide receiver with the highest uh, a dot. So average up the target minimum 25 targets. So we'll just throw, I just threw that out there because I mean, we got to get MVS out of the way. Um, so <laughs> you might get 25 targets. What am I saying? Um, but uh, who'd you go with, man? Do you, fun fact. Do you know who led the league last year? Last year? last year? Uh, I, do, I, I don't remember. John Hightower. John, <laughs> of course. Why not? <laughs> I would have only needed about 387 guesses to get to John Hightower. <laughs> yeah. And number two was Tyron Johnson. Oh, there we go. Of course. And he gets cut. So, I mean, that's, that, that shows you what, how good that stat is, but uh, yeah, man. So who, who are you? Uh, That's, that's awesome. That's some bar trivia for you guys out there. Can go ahead and drop that one and you can credit Addison at at the end when you blow your friend's (laughs) mind uh, with a 2020 average up the target stats. So that's good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But I went with, um, I went with the third guy in the NFL last year among wide receivers with a minimum of 25 targets. I went with Henry Ruggs. Um, because I think that's just his game, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's just the downfield threat. Darren Waller is the short to intermediate. Um, and then whatever Brian Edwards can also do in his sophomore season, that is basically their offense with John Brown being cut, um, at least passing wise. So I I think that Henry Ruggs is just he's running nine routes the entire time. 
and Derek Carr is just going to be chucking him the ball. I think he sees more targets, um, so that might bring the A dot down because I think that's one of the things that when it comes with high A dots, mm-hmm. you know, it's because you don't have a high target total, you know. Um, yeah. So, but I I do think that Henry Ruggs, that is his game. That is who he is. And he's not going to be, in my opinion, like some hundred target wide receiver right. um, this year, at least. Um, and I think that Henry Ruggs is, uh, if, if I'm taking a dart throw on a dot, I guess <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Henry Ruggs. I like that call as well. Uh, he was right there for me, uh, but I'll switch it up and I'll go with uh, Gabe Davis uh, oh, out in right. Buffalo. I think that that's a guy that won't see enough targets that, uh, to destroy that for him. <laughs> He's a guy yeah. that Allen usually throws uh, deep to. Uh, so I, I don't think Davis will be extremely fancy relevant this season, but I think for this category, he could be there. So I like your rugs pick a lot. That's probably who I was gone with, but I'll switch it up. I'll go with Gabe Davis. Why not? And we'll see what happens uh, out there in Buffalo. There should be uh, plenty of touchdowns to go around, but uh, we'll see how many receptions he ends up with this season. All right. We're going to wrap it up with two tight end questions here. Uh, I, I saved the best for last because they obviously, Super excited about Kyle Pitts, but we're going to start it off first uh, with our our prediction for the total number of touchdowns for the top three tight ends in ADP. So Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, how many touchdowns do you got? Do you think these guys can put up this season? I I tried to map this one out and like mm-hmm. figure out where I think these guys are going to be because Kelsey I think can be hyper productive in the touchdown category. Um, and has those little like weird shovel pass things that they do on like the three yes. yard line to him. <laughs> um, Kittle and Waller have historically not really been tight end scores. Um, and, and I think that was like Kittle's like biggest thing was like, he always had all the yards, but never mm-hmm. really scored. And yeah. Waller's kind of similar too, even with all the targets and stuff, um, which is really weird. Cause he's like six foot seven, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with, I feel I felt good to do like a low twenties number. So Mm. I went with 23, which I think kind of splits the difference there. I think that if Kelsey can get to double digits, like he did last year, 10 or 11, um, I feel confident that between Kittle and Waller, they can get, you know, maybe six each or seven, five or seven, six, something like that. So Mm. um, I I went with 23 for the three of them. Gotcha. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was very similar. I was looking at that. I was like, I think Kelsey will probably get half. By himself. Right. Um, Waller, I think, is still good for maybe a little bit closer to that than where Kittle will be at. End up, and I think Kittle will get like five again because uh, that's what he does. But I went I went with 27, um, and uh, I, I think that way yeah, I was kind of working it back, too. I think I'll give Kittle five, um, and then so that it leaves 22 for the rest of them. So I think you get uh, Kelsey with 12 to 13, Waller 9 to 10. I'm hoping for a big year from him. Um, and uh, so I went with 27 total. Uh, for those top three. And we're going to wrap this one up. Last question here. This is about Kyle Pitts. We're going to predict the number of receptions for the young rookie tight end, apparently the leader uh, in fantasy points, even amongst the receivers, Kyle Pitts. Uh, So what you got, Addison? I'm going with 72 uh, because I think that he can do it. I I feel like a lot of people think that that's really high. Mm -hmm. And obviously the biggest backlash is, well, tight ends don't perform in their rookie year. And, he needs to have the best rookie tight end season of all time and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm that, that's, that's not Kyle Pitts in my opinion, you know, like you, like people say, like we said the same thing about Evan Ingram and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, but like Kyle Pitts is, is Kyle Pitts. They're going to mm-hmm. throw the ball 600 plus times. I really believe that even with Calvin Ridley there, 
And a lot of people want Russell Gage to have um, a good breakout year too, as like a deep sleeper um, because of what he did at the end of the year last year without Julio. I think Kyle Pitts is much more of the Julio replacement than Russell Gage is. I think he's the second target on this team. I think he can have upwards of 120 targets um, and still get get targeted in the short to intermediate range or, or like what we saw, you know, his one catch in the preseason where it was kind of like that uh, kind of drag route thing from mm-hmm. lining up across uh, or next to a, a lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of touches. I think Arthur, Arthur Smith can be really good at generating those types of things for him, which could lead to a higher reception percentage, even on lower ish targets. But if he gets a hundred to 120, I feel really confident in his ability to get the ball short to intermediate, also get those big long plays like what we saw at Florida as well. Um, so I feel good about um, 72. Dang, I like it. So is he, so is he your tight end four for 2021? Or- it's between him and TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. If you ask me tomorrow, it's probably a different answer. <laughs> um, yeah. The tiebreaker for me between the two, um, when I answered kind of that question on draft day, mm-hmm. is TJ Hawkinson is uh, a discount of one round on Kyle Pitts. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like, you know, I, yeah. I, I love TJ Hawkinson too. Like, he, I think he has a breakout year. I think this is a crazy year for tight ends. You know, I think mm-hmm. that I think all five of them could have over 200 fantasy points, which only uh, Kelsey and Waller did last year. Like all five of them. Mark Andrews might even as well too, with all the wide receivers that get hurt in Baltimore, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think all five of them are going to be fantastic and it's going to be really fun. It's as much as like what I said earlier about uh, Hertz, you know, him being a polarizing quarterback. I think Pitts is going to be just a player that is going to be so intriguing uh, right out of the gate this year. He mentioned like, yeah, everyone talks about it takes, tight ends but this this dude is completely different i mean this dude is a completely different breed um and that's why atlanta took him at four overall you know and then later moved on from julio jones i think he's in for a big year i gave him 67 receptions so just a little bit behind where you're at uh that might be a little bit more conservative um but i think if you drafted kyle pitts where a lot of people took him in redraft you you need him to hit that 70 number um you know probably to put up a really 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 huge season um, cause he's gotta be top five then, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be super exciting. And he's in an offense that we should get to see him featured right away, which is, which is a lot of fun. Um, uh, and I know that dynasty owners are really looking forward to this kid because everyone's like, you know, this is a guy is like Darren Waller, but I'm getting him be you know, early on, not waiting till, you know, whatever Waller broke out at like what, 27 or 26. And, you know, it's right. kind of like we were robbed of all those years yeah. and now we're going to get it. 20 dude. He's 20 yeah. years old. It's Until crazy. I think the beginning of October, he's twenty. <laughs> that, that that is crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch, and we'll get to see it right out of the gate. But uh, man, Addison, appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out, doing all these. Some of these were off the wall, uh, so I appreciate all that research and analysis that you had. Um, I will. If anyone asks me about some quarterback spike analysis, I'll be like, you know, Addison Hayes really knows his stuff when it comes to yeah, quarterback spikes. I, I um, but uh, bro, really, really appreciate it. As we wrap this one up, why don't you just remind the people where they can find your work, where they can follow you? Uh, yeah, at Amazes underscore on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, the DLF YouTube channel that's where all of my content goes. Um, so you can go and you can even, you know, kind of. Uh, look through and watch the the stuff all the backlog of stuff again not just from me but from a lot of the dlf team and video content and stuff and we're making like i said like an actively concerted effort 
to grow that YouTube channel and make it a lot better. Like we've, we've added more people um, that are specifically going to do, be doing video content. So I, I strongly uh, encourage everybody to please check out the DLF YouTube channel uh, for content on a near daily basis as well. Um, and that is like, if you, if you're not convinced on Kyle Pitts, you're wondering where all this Kyle Pitts love is. I have an entire like 12 minute video dedicated to why I love Kyle Pitts for 2021. So you can go check that out. Um, people have commented saying that I convinced them, you know, I've, you know, validated them, all that stuff like that from that video. But there's a lot of other stuff and other content, like I said, not just from me on that DLF YouTube channel, um, that I would love if you guys would just go and check out and subscribe to. Awesome. Yep. And I highly recommend it. It's one of the few things uh, this time in my life, unfortunately, has gotten so much more busy over the last year or two. I don't get to absorb as much content as I would like, but I definitely have been checking out those videos. And it's just awesome to see the growth that you, you know, and I can definitely tell you guys have put a lot of effort into it. So guys, definitely go check that out. Stay right here, locked into the Warzone YouTube as well. I know Memphis will be back uh, with his annual hot take hotline uh, tomorrow night. Uh, so looking forward to all the hot takes on the war zone and I'll be back later in the week, get you guys covered uh, for the week one preview. So for Addison and myself, appreciate you guys uh, get ready for some football. We're just a few days away, but we'll catch you later in the week. We'll see you later.